Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Ricky Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and over there is the one and only Mr. Tyler Guthrie. With his new mic, we can hear him tonight. Let's hear him in all of his glory. Tyler, how are you tonight? Well, prepare to be disappointed, but at least you can be disappointed in full whatever sound quality. I don't know what it, this is, like 32-bit or something? I don't know. <laughs> The same way people were disappointed when HD first became a thing and you started seeing people more clearly and you realized they weren't as hot as you thought they were. I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was more talking about me than anyone else, but you know what? If you feel guilty, that's on you. Hey, I mean, you know, they call they call you pretty boy at work, so somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Ain't going to be anybody else, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Um, so we had a lot of racing happening this week. Um, well, Tyler, uh, until the Cup Series showed up. Well, until Atlanta showed up. Well, yeah. I mean, there were things happening in the truck and Xfinity races, but I wouldn't necessarily call it racing for the most part. It was more single file. Choo-choo! Yeah, well, while we both enjoy trains and work at a railroad don't really want to see that when we're watching nascar no not at all that does not make for entertaining nascar um but yet new atlanta's great if you listen to mike joy clint boyer and tony stewart on the broadcast it's be it's best track on the schedule yeah not really no not at all what was it, we Justin Allgaier that complained about the racing, and then immediately they cut back to the announce or the booth, and they yep. were like, "This is amazing!" Yeah. Right after Justin Allgaier said it was awful, right? Logano's just like, "I know that Allgaier just got taken out, and he's frustrated, but look at this racing; it's great." Says the guy that wins the next day. Yeah, it helps when you dominate the crap out of the race the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, he hadn't dominated that race yet, but still, um, it is his style of racing, as he is pretty good at Daytona and Talladega to begin with. So, um, what are you shaking your head for? Atlanta. New Atlanta is going to New Atlanta. It's different. Bring back, bring back old Atlanta. I saw Corey Heim tweeted after the truck race. He's like, do you think they still have the old pavement underneath? <laughs> I wish they did. I uh, really do too. There's yeah. so many instant classics from Atlanta in even in recent history with Car Tomorrow and Gen Four before that. But I don't know. It's just it's different, and I guess we'll learn to live with it. But I don't think anybody asked for a mini Daytona. No, nobody asked for this. Now I will say. I commend NASCAR, and I guess in this case, SMI, since they're the track owner and they're the ones that did this. I commend them for thinking outside of the box and trying new things because you don't want to just stay stagnant forever because that's how everybody gets bored with you and everybody leaves. You got to be trying new things. But it should have been done with a different track. Texas. Um, something that already is crap. Not a track that was actually good, and if you'd repaved it, probably still would have been good and probably actually would have been better than it was before it got repaved because there in the later years, it wasn't great. I think that was mostly because of the Gen 6 car, but even if you'd repaved Atlanta, 
think it still would have been okay, but instead we destroy one of the best tracks on the schedule when we've got a car that can actually race on it for this. I mean, yes, we had a last lap pass today for the win, but I don't even remember how it happened. I genuinely do not remember. I remember Brad Keselowski was leading at the white flag, and then I remember Joey Logano won. I do not remember what happened between the white flag and the checkered flag. That's how unmemorable this racing is. Nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted this. But we're stuck with it now because it's new pavement. They're not going to dig it all up and repave it again two years after they did it. So we're stuck with this for probably 15 years at least. Yeah, and now we got the crazy pit road entry that... That's a whole nother story. Now you lose two laps on an oval when you pit. Well, so that only becomes an issue if there's a caution during green flag pit stops, because once everybody cycles through, everybody's lost that two laps, so it, it comes back around. So I don't have so much of a problem with that. Um, Even if you get a penalty, though, then you're automatically two laps down. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, NASCAR makes it ridiculously easy to get back on the lead lap pretty much no matter where you're coming from. So that's not that big of a deal. But basically the racing for Atlanta this week in the Cup Series, definitely. The other series, sort of. It turned into the reason why we moved the Clash away from Daytona. Just a single file line across the top of the track for 95% of the race. And, oh, look, there's a pass for the lead. All mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's just, it's not entertaining. There, there's no. nothing about that race today. Like, I feel like that was the most waste of a Sunday afternoon I've ever had in my life. And I really feel bad about saying that about a NASCAR race because I love, I truly love NASCAR. And I don't see that ever changing. But I do not love New Atlanta. It's absolutely terrible. And if, if you like New Atlanta, more power to you. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, but I am going to tell you. Even if you are. I am going to tell you, you're probably in the minority there. <laughs> to say the least. I don't know. I, I can I can see how, from a casual perspective, maybe it's sort of entertaining. The cup race, no. But the Xfinity race, sure. Um, I, I think I have a gripe The Xfinity with the... race was exciting for the people that like to watch crashes. Right. I, I think I had a, even a bigger problem with the length of the race i know it used to be 500 miles this year they made it 400 miles but i still think for a track like that 400 miles is still way too long i think we had a conversation about this earlier in the year there should be maybe four or five 500 or 600 mile races on the schedule and i maybe a couple 400 milers but tracks like this i don't really think they deserve more than 300 miles because really for the cup race it just made it even more boring than it should have been whereas at least in the xfinity race they're kind of breaking it up with of course i guess we never really had any giant green flag runs in the xfinity race but it's we getting broken stage up three. once yeah. they finally got their act together in stage three we got some decent green flag runs but again but, it was just single file trains most of the time Still, I mean, in the cup race, your final stage is, what, 200 miles almost of just nothing? I, I mean, there's nothing to break it up. And, like, that's the reason why we put the stages in in the first place is to break up the racing, make it more competitive. But 
then you get this 400 mile race where you're just running a single line across the top of the track for three quarters of it. And it's just, it makes it even worse. At least in the Xfinity race, stuff was happening. I know they tore up a whole bunch of stuff and somehow the trucks and Xfinity both broke the series record for number of cautions in a race at Atlanta, which, okay, but, <laughs> you know. I don't know that that's something we need to be proud of necessarily. No, I, I I don't think so. Um, and it's a direct product of the racing this track is going to make. There, there's no way around that. So, and, and circling back to your point about that there shouldn't be many 500-mile races, I agree. And for two reasons. One, I don't think people have the attention spans for long races like that every week now. But I think the bigger reason is... These cars are so much more bulletproof now than they were 20, 30 years ago, where the excitement of having that long of a race 20, 30 years ago was who's going to make it to the end? Who's got a good enough engine to make it to the end? Who's going to be able to outlast the competition? Who's not going to have a mechanical issue? Who's not going to have a blown tire? Who's not going to get in a wreck? Now, really, the wreck is about the only thing, only one of those that's left we don't hardly blow engines anymore. We don't have very many mechanical issues. So for the most part, everybody's making it to the end unless they get caught up in a wreck. So it's not the attrition of those long races are not there anymore. So I agree. I, if, if the cars are going to remain this bulletproof, we don't need these long races. Now keep a couple races longer distances for the, for the nostalgia and the history and the tradition, Coke 600 should stay 600 miles for the tradition. Darlington, Southern 500. Southern 500. Daytona, Daytona. 500. Um, I the, would say What used Talladega. to be the Pepsi 400, sure. Yeah. I um, would say Talladega should stay 500 miles, yeah. but with the current super speedway racing, I don't necessarily... If they can fix the super speedway racing and make it actually exciting again... I'd be okay with Talladega staying 500 miles, but with, with how the super speedway racing is now, there's no point in it being 500 miles. It's just wasted wasted mileage for no reason. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with you. There's some specific races that, yeah, okay, we need to keep them this length. But mm -hmm. with the current attention span of most people that are... like, I, Here's my deal. NASCAR is trying to appeal to new viewers that are just getting into it, and if you are just starting to watch something on a Sunday afternoon, a day most people have off to do whatever they need to do, do you really want to sit there and watch cars go in a circle in a line for three and a half hours? Like, I mean, I love NASCAR just the same as you, but I don't want to watch cars drive in a circle for three and a half hours. I want to watch them race, and mm -hmm. there is just none of that here anymore well and i understand why the drivers get into the single file line is they're trying to avoid getting into these big wrecks before they get to the end before they have to start racing to get the the position to get toward the win but it doesn't benefit you at all to go three wide the entire race right but at the same time it makes for a very boring race to watch for 90 percent of the race and it's just it's it's useless. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if they would recognize this. You know, I mean, 
you don't want to go to the track and say, hey, your racing sucks, so we're going to cut your mileage in half. I mean, then you're losing broadcast commercial time and all that. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things that, it's another reason why I like watching the Xfinity series, actually, because I think normally the Xfinity races are about the length the cup races should be. Mm-hmm. I think the Xfinity race, although they just kept crashing, was more enjoyable to watch than the cup race. And I don't know. I Well, I agree that it was more enjoyable to watch, but at the same time, I still didn't think it was good. Um, no, I agree. You only had like Parker Kligerman working in bottom for most of the race, and it just yeah, he was the only one really trying to do anything most of the time, and I was really disappointed he didn't get the win there. Daniel Hemrick really seemed to not want him to win that race for some he reason. Really didn't want him to win. Yeah, he, gosh, they came out of turn four, and Daniel Hemrick said, "If I'm not winning, Parker Kligerman ain't winning either." <laughs> uh, yeah, he and... took a page out of Denny Hamlin's book. <laughs> I just I don't understand the thought process behind taking Atlanta from this three, almost four lane track that we used to have to a guaranteed one or two lane, just parade. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't, I don't either. Um, and with the, the racing we saw at mile and a half last year, you know, with this, and I know Vegas wasn't great. So it worries me that mile and a half this year, aren't going to be as good as they were last year, but if they hadn't done this to Atlanta, even if they had just repaved it and kept it exactly as it was before this, the next-gen car, at least for last year, would have been good there. I don't know how it would have been this year, given how crappy Vegas was, but I just feel like they made a big mistake here. Well, and I don't know how everybody else feels about this, but in my opinion, Atlanta was the one mile-and-a-half track that hasn't been a problem for the entirety of the last two decades. I don't remember a time that we went to Atlanta and I just came home from the... or not came home, but, like, turned TV off after the race and said, wow, that race sucked. Mm-hmm. I, it was always something interesting, usually had some strategy involved with it, and I think a lot of... A lot of fans somehow got away from the strategy side of Atlanta, and I always thought it was fun to watch the drivers try to wheel the cars around the track. And mm-hmm. I, I I know I've griped about the next-gen car about this before, not being fun to watch race, but that coupled with the new track, it's just... Boy, <laughs> I was almost glad I was at work instead of watching the race. Yeah, literally... We had that conversation after you got off work, um, and you were like, wow, the race is already over? And I was like, yeah, you didn't miss a thing. Literally didn't miss a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a crash that took out a whole bunch of competitive cars in the, the late stages of the race, and that's about it. Yeah. Outside of that, it was a train for 90% of the time, and then a, a, a pass for the lead on the last lap that I can't even remember how it was done. It was that unforgettable. I just unforgettable. Yep. That should be Atlanta's slogan now. Unforgettable. Atlanta Motor Speedway. Unforgettable racing. I think Wait. you got that one backwards, buddy. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I was making fun of you for that. I, 
<laughs> yes, you were. I was making fun of you for that. You ran yes, with it. Yes, you were. I doubled down on my own stupidity <laughs> as I hit the mic. Oh, my God. I'm tripling down on my own stupidity <laughs> tonight. Man. Oh. And with the new mic, I caught you in 4K quality. That's right. And this God is damn. when everybody tunes out. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep. Good oh, job, Atlanta. This Proud is what Atlanta does. This is what New Atlanta does to me. It makes you feel like this. It makes you feel like you're turning into Garth. Yep. Ugh. Forgettable is what I was going for. Yeah. Atlanta De Motor Speedway, forgettable racing. That's where I was going with that. Five minutes later, we finally got it. See, the, the, the worst thing about this to me, I we mentioned this like five minutes ago, I always loved watching Atlanta, and now it's just, eh. It's if one I, of those if races, I wanted to watch New Atlanta, I would just take Daytona and go. Yeah. It's literally, it's it's one of those races on the schedule now where I literally go, I don't need to watch this. I don't feel the need. I know I'm not going to enjoy it. I don't feel like I need to watch this. It's right up there with Texas. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I wish there was a different package we could put on this track because I, I noticed they had big-ass spoilers on the cars this weekend. I wonder if you gave them, like, the super low downforce setup with the super high horsepower, if it would help at all. But then I think you're getting a little bit too fast for the track. I was about to say, you'd probably and, be doing about 240 know. then. That'd be cool. <laughs> well, it would be until somebody <laughs> literally takes off and leaves the track. Right? I don't know. I just... there, There's no way to make it interesting you're always going to have the stupid pack racing on a mile and a half track that it, it's just a mess i don't yeah. i don't know what the thought process there was but whatever i mean i know what the thought process was they wanted something new and different and they wanted to spice things up and make it more exciting and they were like oh well we're gonna have to repave atlanta soon anyway so let's do it to atlanta which I guess it's a fine Texas. thought process. Yeah, I know. I guess it's a fine thought process, except that your idea didn't pan out. And it, I still think Texas is far enough past its, close enough to its repay point that it could have been done to Texas and it would have been understandable. Boy, Texas least, doesn't need a repave. It needs a demo. Well, yeah. But the thing is, if they'd done it to Texas. Yes, it still would have been bad. It wouldn't have been great racing, but it would at least be an improvement for Texas, whereas it's made Atlanta worse. You can't make Texas worse, but... You say uh, that, and I have a feeling they're going to come up with something when they do decide to change Texas that's going to make it worse. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard rumors that it's supposed to get the Atlanta treatment soon, too. Jeez. Oh, yeah. I don't know how ruined soon, Texas soon is. Once. I mean, yeah. But again, like I said, I that would be an improvement for Texas, which isn't saying much. But until IndyCar shows up, and then you're going to kill like six people. IndyCar won't show up in that case. I guarantee you, Probably if they not. do that to Texas, well, Indy won't go. IndyCar wouldn't. They don't even go to Fontana. Well, can't go to Fontana anymore. But <laughs> they might uh, when they, it's a short track. Uh, I don't know. It, it, if the Fontana 
redo works out the way I think it looks like, Indy cars might bottom out every time they go in the corner. Yeah. The high banking, I mean, you don't see Indy cars racing at Bristol. Well, that's true. I, I don't know. They quit going to Fontana because of the pack racing. Texas, they kind of started doing some pack racing and then they which is sad the because the last fontana race they did is generally accepted as a really good race generally accepted as one of the best races of that car and package in yep. general yeah that car or that track was fun and i know mm -hmm. connor daly's alluded to this yep other drivers I think tony canon scott dixon they love that racing and i mean yeah you would get some scary crashes but that's kind of just a part of it, I think. Yeah. I think most of the drivers accept that every time they get in the car, and the ones that don't can not show up to that race as far as I'm concerned. But Yeah. I don't know. Well, speaking of open-wheel stuff, that gives us an interesting segue into the F1 race today, which really, I, I would say not a lot happened, but... Verstappen didn't win this week because he got a... The actual racing made Atlanta look good. Yeah, well... Which is just normal for Naz or for F1, but... <laughs> right. So, Verstappen didn't make it out of the first round of qualifying, so he was digging out of, like, a P15 or something. Start yeah. Okay, so maybe he made it to the second round, because isn't P15 the second round? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, yeah, he didn't make it out of the second round. Digging out of a P15 starting spot, still made it up to second because he's Max Verstappen in a Red Bull car, which is and far and away won, the best car but in the he field. thought he was having a drive shaft problem, mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense to me. They told him to back off the pace a little bit if he thought he had a drive shaft problem. Like, your drive shaft isn't going to fail if you go <laughs> 198, but it will if you go 201. Right. I'm not really sure I understand that one, but okay. I have a feeling that had more to do with they were just trying to appease Perez at that point, and they knew it would piss him off if they let Verstappen win at that point when Perez had, I think, led every lap in the race. It wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Yeah, so I think they were just trying to appease Checo and just be like, okay, you, you can have this one, buddy. We're going to let Max win the next 18, but you can have this one. <laughs> well, Alonso uh, got his 100th podium and then didn't. And, and then, then didn't, did. and then got it back. That, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. How do you, because that pit stop that they penalized him for was what, like 27, 28 laps before the end of the race? Yeah. And they don't say anything about looking at it until after the race. And all and of a sudden, and all of a sudden, oh, that's under investigation now, and he might get a ten-second time penalty. Well, interestingly enough, he was more than five seconds ahead of George Russell, but less than ten seconds ahead. So it was kind of like they just pulled ten seconds out of their rear end just to put him behind Russell. Which I'm not well, gonna get into the politics of F1, but it was a little bit sketchy. I saw it mentioned somewhere. I mean, there are there. What's the word I'm looking for? Rumors is not the word I'm looking for. Um, allegations, maybe? Allegations. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. There are allegations that uh, Mercedes is kind of in the current FIA's back pocket. Yeah. So um, that kind of lended credence to that until Alonzo went, hey, no, no, no. 
you can't penalize me for that because you didn't penalize this other guy for it. So give me my spot back. Give me my 100th podium back. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we have to. <laughs> what a way to get your 100th, which, by the way, that's a insane number. And mm-hmm. Alonzo's been good for a while, but I don't know. It's Ferrari amazing. decided a Ferrari again this week. I you really know. think it's amazing to me how I really think Aston Martin is the second best car in F1 this year. They've actually yeah. surpassed Ferrari even. I'd agree. Which, which is a huge jump. And just think about this. All it takes is one race for both Red Bull cars to have issues, and Alonso could win another race. That very likely could yes. happen this year. It, it could. Um, I, th- I thought it was funny. Um, the like official F1 TikTok page was posted something that was making a joke about Verstappen, Perez, and Alonso being in a top three in every session so far <laughs> this season. I'm like, that's that's not good. No, I don't think like that. That's why people don't watch F1. It's because yeah. oh look, these three people are gonna be here. Okay, right. I mean. When you know who the podium is going to be practically every race, what's the point in watching? Like, yeah, we've, what am we've I, had what, what am I missing to not watch this, to not watch Max Verstappen win by half a lap over Checo, who is three quarters ahead of Alonso? Right. We've had, what, five or six NASCAR races this year and only one person's won twice? Yeah. Wait, I, who's won twice? Byron. Oh, that's right. Yes, Another Garth moment. <laughs> of course, you remember that Byron's won twice. It was the last two races. Fair enough. Well, no, now it was two of the last three. Does Atlanta, Atlanta really is, count as a race? I mean, does it really? Technically, yes. It's about as fun as watching the Kentucky Derby. I mean, at least the Kentucky Derby's over after like 60 seconds. <laughs> we shouldn't waste your entire afternoon on the Kentucky right? Derby. That was such a like. There's so many other things. Um, hopefully, my bosses aren't watching this. But there's so many other things <laughs> I could have been doing at work instead of watching that race. I mean, it was a Sunday. There wasn't much going on in the first place. But um, so many other things I could have been doing with my Sunday afternoon. Yet I decided to watch a train go around Atlanta for three hours. I'd... Biggest waste of an afternoon ever. If you don't, have don't a... worry. In like. Two weeks, you get IndyCar at Texas. <laughs> Texas, so it'll be about the same. I don't even think that's on live cable TV. I think that's only on Peacock. Which, yeah, I, th- I think we were talking about that after St. <laughs> Pete. IndyCar's marketing confuses the crap out of me. Why in the hell would you take arguably the worst race that you're going to have all year and make that the one that you had to buy a subscription for? Because we talked about this after St. Pete. I guarantee the thought process is nobody's going to be watching it anyway, so why put it on Big NBC or USA when it's not going to garner enough ratings to make the commercial partners happy? So just put it on Peacock, and the people that want to watch it can watch it, and you're not taking up space on USA and Big NBC that could be used by something else that's going to have bigger ratings. God forbid I not be able to watch cooking on USA on a Sunday afternoon instead have to watch an IndyCar race. 
the sad thing is that probably does pull bigger ratings than IndyCart Texas. <laughs> can we please just get rid of Texas? And I never thought I'd say this, but can we also get rid of Atlanta now? Right. I don't want to get rid of either one. I just want them fixed. You can't fix Texas. Oh, I'll bet you could. Because all you got to do is... With a bulldozer. Well... I would actually... Okay, if you had a bulldozer race at Texas, I would watch that on repeat. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. All they've got to do is fix turns one and two and put the banking back in, and hypothetically, you've probably got it fixed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if they just hadn't touched it a couple years ago, it'd probably mm-hmm. be fine. But you know, you know, you mentioned bulldozer racing, and that reminds me of my joke about when um, Arca has a rain delay at a track that they're not um, there with NASCAR, so there's not going to be any any jet dryers or air titans or anything. The, literally, all the officials go out in their personal cars and just make laps around to put heat in the track. And I always call it the Arca Pickup Minivan and All Things Weird series. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it is. It's really Imagine cool. Imagine you, you just, like, volunteer to wave I flags vol- for I, Arca once. I volunteered for that at Milwaukee, and I was told that I could, and then it never rained enough to where they actually had to dry the track. I was so disappointed. Oh, man. I was totally going to do it, too. Of course, then you would have had, like, the one guy that's gung-ho and a Corvette or something that goes yeah. flying around the track and crashes into somebody. Now Arca's yep. got a lawsuit in their hands. Well, I think it's only supposed to be officials or like, um, I guess in my case, media. You're not going to let just like a, a fan out there to, to drive around. It's got to be somebody that they know. <laughs> I would argue that letting media out there would make it kind of a fiasco, but... <laughs> true Especially to Especially if that media is you. Uh, fair. Fair point. If they let us out there, they'd let anybody out there. You know, that's probably true. And to be honest, when I when I was told yes that I could, it was probably sarcasm. Probably. It probably was. They probably never had any intention of letting me out there in the first place, to be honest. They probably looked at the forecast and saw like they probably looked at the forecast and saw Sunny in seventy five and said, Yeah, sure, you can do it, Garth. Well, no, it did rain that day. But it didn't rain well, no. There was rain around. If I remember correctly, there was rain around, and I think it skirted around the track, so it never actually did rain at the track, is what it was. Arca's master plan. That's right. Vortex theory at its finest, except that we <laughs> they weren't on track yet. So vortex theory couldn't have been a thing yet. Oh, my gosh. I, I honestly... Okay, sidebar. I honestly 100% believe in vortex theory. 100%. I have seen it happen too many times where there has been rain all around the track, but if the cars are going around at speed, it does not rain on the track. Yet, as soon as it goes under caution or they finish the race, monsoon. I have seen it too many times not to believe it. Yeah, I don't don't know. You got some points there. Yeah. I can't really argue with that. You think about it. They're going around there so fast. They make an actual, like, air vortex, which hypothetically you would think as long as it's strong enough it would push the rain clouds around that vortex yeah i I see what you're saying but at the same time you don't feel the wind from the stands like four rows back so i don't i don't know i'm you do if you're standing up at the fence i know 
So that's I'm a, just saying, yeah, so yeah, the it's, physics it's a, doesn't really check out. Yes, it does, because the air is not pushing out to the sides. The air is going up in a vortex. Disclaimer, neither of us are physics majors. That's why we... Or meteorologists. Or that, yeah. That... <laughs> At least then, if you're a meteorologist, you only have to be right like 12% of the time. So This is the internet. We don't have to give disclaimers like that. <laughs> we can be amateur experts in anything. Amateur And some people uh... will believe us, and some people will say we're crackpots and idiots. It's the latter. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm the crackpot. He's the idiot. Hi. <laughs> Maybe an would idiot, you rather but I'm not be, would dumb. you rather be the crackpot? I don't know. I'd, <laughs> I may be an idiot, but I'm not stupid. I think I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Maybe I, they I are. think you have to have one to have the other. Okay. I think you can be stupid and not be an idiot, but I think if you're an idiot, you you're also stupid. <laughs> We, the, this is quite the rabbit hole we've gone down here and gotten so, way so far away. We skipped from Atlanta to <laughs> F1 to Texas to Vortex Theory to physics to now in the physiology. Chat. In the chat, can you be an idiot but not be stupid? Oh, my God. <laughs> now we're psychology majors, I guess. That's right. We're, Gosh. We're, we're amateur experts in everything on this podcast. This is what happens when you record a podcast at 3 a.m. Not quite 3 a.m. yet. It, okay. It's 2.47. I mean, <laughs> it, it's as I close mean, to 3 a.m. as you're going to get without it being 3 a.m. It's only 11.47 in California. Are we in California? Mentally, I'm in California. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> If you looked at my sleep schedule, you'd think I was in California. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be going into work at what, like nine thirty instead of no, it wouldn't be that no, much. It'd, it'd be, be like eleven thirty. No. Yeah, yeah, it would be the other direction. So it'd be twelve thirty. Is it three hours or four hours? It's three hours. Yeah, it's three hours. Eastern, Central, Mountain, Pacific. Eastern's the best one, so I don't even bother with the rest of them. I don't know about that. I I do know about that. Do you? What are no. you basing this on? I don't know. Chicago sucks. Okay. But that only excludes central time. So how is Eastern better than Mountain and Pacific? I don't know. The mountain <laughs> time just doesn't exist because nobody lives there. Well, fair enough. I mean, uh, Phoenix is in mountain time. Well, we know what we think about Phoenix. <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we and they just took out Fontana, so I don't really think Pacific time deserves to exist either. We literally updated our, our show uh, notes for this, and literally for news this week, all we had under there Phoenix was still, still Phoenix sucks. sucks. Yeah. And nothing changed. Phoenix nope. still sucks. Yep. Now, that I, is for true. next week, we need to add New Atlanta sucks. Yes. Yep. News this week. Phoenix still sucks. New Atlanta still sucks. <laughs> on Dakota. Moving on. Yeah. To a track that sort of doesn't suck, interestingly enough. With NASCAR, it does. Eh. It, yeah. Outside, outside of Ross Chastain just giving Almondinger the boot at the end of last season's race, there wasn't much going on. Yeah. I, 
that's what happens when you take NASCAR to a track that was that was specifically, specifically designed for, for open F1. wheel cars. Yeah, yeah, not, not even just open wheel cars, just F one. I mean, yeah, IndyCar well, that, did pretty okay there. You can make that argument for Indy too, though. That's why NASCAR sucks on the IMS oval because that track was built for Indy cars, and stock cars well, just don't do well there. Okay. I'm going to give IMS a slide because it was built in, like, 1909. NASCAR didn't even exist yet, so... Well, okay, so the shape of the track was built in 1909, but it was not the same surface, and I don't even think it was the same banking, so it's gone through some changes since then to specifically make it a good IndyCar track. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know when it was actually paid. It's a good track they... for the best series that shows up in this continent, so. Yeah, true. Ooh, Garth agrees that IndyCar is the best Honestly, I didn't even listen continent. to what you said. I just figured I should agree and go with Cause it. Because I'm right, because IndyCar is awesome. I mean, I'm not going to deny IndyCar is awesome. It is. It is. I still okay. would rather watch New Atlanta than Texas. That's Kinda. sad. Not That's ready very to... sad. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Freaking Texas. So how about Josh Williams? Yeah, he's having a fun week this week, I bet. I bet he is. His Whatever penalty, I'm assu- we're, we're assuming a lot of things here. If, if he gets a penalty, it... Definitely will. Well, we don't know that at the time of recording. So... I'm 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 going to say if he gets a penalty it will have been announced by the time this is out. So obviously we don't know yet since we're recording this Sunday night. Um but if he gets a penalty, I am imagining it will be quite stiff. Yeah, and I don't really see a scenario in which they don't penalize him because he kind of showed up NASCAR, like, <laughs> literally on the start-finish line. Yep. Which, honestly, I think it's probably one of the most badass things I've ever seen anybody do. I agree. Because uh, it, it was such a weird technicality to even tell him to park it. Because, what, a piece of tape fell off his car, and he'd already made it up to minimum speed, and he'd already started the race back up again... And they put but, it back under caution because the tape fell off his car. And yeah, so, then so they he prolonged him. the caution. And well, it's, I, not, it's not his no, fault that the Xfinity series decided to crash every two laps. I mean, right. Well, and the thing about it is, nobody even knew that was in the rule book. Apparently, it is in the rule book. It nobody is. Nobody knew that was in the rule book. Yeah. Not even the announcers knew that was in the rule book. Exactly. But apparently it is because I've oh. I've seen it since then. It is in the rule book. Nobody knew it was there. Um so <laughs> Okay, well, I can think yeah. of several different drivers that should have gotten parked because of that rule, but okay. Right. It it's it's typical NASCAR selective enforcement on rules. They're not they don't enforce everything. Like, I guarantee you, if this was a different driver, they wouldn't have enforced it. Yeah. I bet you Chase Elliott wouldn't have been enforced. I wasn't That would have been funny it, as but... hell to see. Okay. I like Chase Elliott. That would have been funnier than crap to see NASCAR 
Park, Chase Elliott at Atlanta. Yep. Absolutely. I would have laughed for a week about that. Oh, no. Landon's going to be yelling at us again. I like Chase Elliott. We, we hate God, Chase on here. Funny. Oh, we just hate Chase so much. He's I made so some tame. I made some anti-Dale Earnhardt Jr. comments earlier now. I feel you like did. I'm just going to get shot. Yep. You're going to get the pitchforks out for, yeah. for Tyler. Yeah. Um, did I send you the video? I think it was Noah Lewis that posted it on Twitter um, of what Josh was saying right after he had walked back to pit road. I think he was talking to Mario Goslin, his team owner. Did I send you that video? I think I saw it. I don't remember. Yeah. Something, something to the effect of, uh, uh, what's he going to do? Find me? I can't pay it. Oh, you can't pay it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, okay. Really though, if you see, if you're NASCAR and the guy that just parked his car in your start finish line and walked out says, what are they going to do? Find me. I can't pay it. Checkmate. I mean, (laughs) what are you supposed to do? (laughs) Right. You you, you can't find him because you're not going to get any money out of it. They I, will though, because Denny well, Hamlin already will. said he would pay it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see that? No, I didn't. That's funny. Yeah, literally immediately after, uh, Denny tweeted, "I'll pay the fine for you, Josh." <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yep. Denny Hamlin on a redemption arc for about two seconds this week. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. I just, how about? <laughs> man, that was about the funniest sequence I've ever seen. I know, right? The whole Josh Williams thing. And then they didn't even give him the decency of a quick little trial or whatever at NASCAR hauler. They made him sit there for two and a half hours until the wreck fest is over. I love the whole... If you watch the Noah Lewis video, um, you'll see that... If you saw in the broadcast, you'll see that Regan Smith tried to interview him and then he immediately gets whisked away to go to... uh, What Regan said was to go to the care center... Turns out he was just going to the NASCAR hauler and they made him sit there forever. But what's funny is, if you watch that Noah Lewis video, you'll see him walk over. Wendy Venturini with PRN comes up to him to try and get an interview, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do an interview, and he starts walking over. And then Regan immediately walks up and and tells Wendy, oh, no, we can't interview him. He's got to go to the care center. And then Regan immediately steps in to try and interview him. (laughs) Regan Smith, a company man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. It, it was funnier than crap to see, though. I, I wasn't watching the race when that happened. Then I came back and just saw the show that hit Twitter right after that. That was mm-hmm. funny. And more power to Josh Williams. I mean, I think it's a BS rule that they threw on him there. And I, Okay, I understand it's a rule, and they have to enforce the rules, but it is a pretty stupid rule. You got people taking each other out. Denny Hamlin openly admitting to taking out Ross Chastain last week. And now you're going to, you're going to park a guy for tape falling off of his car. Give him better tape. I don't know. (laughs) Figure it out. Well, apparently bear bond does not stick well in cold weather. And I guess it was pretty cold yesterday. Yeah. They they mentioned that. I guess you could see it kind of starting to peel off. And I, I just feel like there's a better, stepping stone of don't just park the guy because tape fell off right. his car <laughs> say like, hey you, come you, fix it i mean right you would think nascar would understand if everybody else understands that bear bun bear bond does not hold well in cold weather you would think nascar would understand that as well and be a little more lenient 
Well, you're asking NASCAR to be understanding and lenient, so that's that's true. It's about like I, they will him. not be understanding and lenient with Josh Williams this week. I don't think. <laughs> no, probably I, not. I don't think we'll be seeing Josh Williams in a car for a hot minute at least. Yeah, that's about like asking F1 to side with somebody that's not Mercedes. Gosh. <laughs> so you mentioned it and we started talking about this before before the podcast and i i stopped our conversation in our tracks because i knew we could have a good discussion about this on the podcast denny hamlin and his comments on his podcast last week actions detrimental talking about how he had the his like last lap or two to go or whatever it was incident with ross chastain where he just kind of shot up the track and they both went into the wall at the end of the race at Phoenix. And then he flat out admitted on his podcast, I just let the wheel go. He's like, I had old tires. I knew I was going to drop back 10 or 15 spots anyway. I saw Ross to my outside. I saw an opportunity to take him out and not anybody else. So I just let the wheel go and let the car do whatever it was going to do. And NASCAR fined him for that. Um, he initially Which, I mean, said, it's a $50,000 fine. Which to him is nothing. That's like, why even bother writing the paperwork for that? You know, to, to say that they penalized him. Uh, ooh. They, they know they know that money means nothing to him. They're making a statement, is what they're doing. It, it's like penalizing one regular season point in a playoff format. I just, <laughs> it, it's yeah. stupid. Right. Um. So he initially had said he was not going to appeal it, and then. Like, everybody came out of the woodwork this week and said that he should appeal it. So then he did a 180 and decided he is going to appeal it now, which, personally, I agree. I know we we differ on this. I think he should appeal it because, honestly, I don't think he should have been penalized for that. Personally, I think podcasts uh, should be a safe space for drivers uh, when talking about things like that because personally i see that as being different than if he got out right after the race they did a post-race interview with him on pit road and he was like yeah i just wrecked him this is two days later he's had time to compose his thoughts to think about things and it's already in the past it's already like two to three days in the past whenever the podcast came out so it's done it's over with if you wanted to penalize him for it I know he didn't say anything until two or two or three days later, so there really wasn't anything to penalize him for immediately after the race. But if you were going to penalize him, the window of opportunity for that should be day of race. Anything done day of race, anything said day of race, should be open game for penalties. After that, unless it's like failing a drug test or getting a DUI or something like that, anything outside of the track should be off limits for getting a penalty. And my reasoning for this, specifically with podcasts, is if you've got drivers like Denny who are going to be coming on doing their own podcast, you want them to be candid, you want them to be honest, because that's how you get the best podcast. Denny has had a fantastic podcast so far. I've loved listening to that podcast, getting his insight on things, getting his thoughts on things that you don't normally get. But if he's going to start getting penalized for things that he says on there, that might temper what he's going to say on there, and you're not going to get the whole truth out of him in the future if he's got in the back of his mind, well, I can't tell exactly what my thought process here was because if I do, 
I might get fined for this. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of thoughts on this, too. First of all, I think Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain both need to grow the hell up. Apparently, they called a truce after this. Because I, that I was, thought that they did a... that, like, in the middle of the season last year, too. I Well, I... apparently, this was payback for the clash. Um, so... Okay, so when's it stop? Now, now Denny's paid Ross back. When's Ross gonna pay Denny back? Well, I just apparently I, I don't understand why they keep going neck and neck at each other. And mm -hmm. it's not even like they're they're not even racing each other competitively on the track. They just see each other and go, "Oh, I'm gonna take you out." And it's just it's stupid. Denny yeah. Hamlin's like what tenth, fifteenth, and just sees Ross Chastain go blowing by his outside and goes, oh, well, there's Ross, turn right. I <laughs> See, I think NASCAR should have given Denny Hamlin a penalty as soon as it happened. Because, which... That gets into murky waters, though, because see, unless here, he here's admits the thing. he did it on purpose, maybe he got a flat tire. You can't. You couldn't tell whether or not he had a flat tire or, or if he had something mechanical break. That gets You're into telling murky me with water. all the... With all the instruments they have on these cars, they can't look at it and say that nothing broke. He just hooked a right. There's no instrument that could tell you that he didn't break a right front toe link in that scenario. If he broke a right front toe link, he's just going to go straight into Ross. And there's no way of being able to tell that. You can look at no, it I and agree. go, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but... With You can't definitively say that. So if they penalize him for that and they don't know for sure that he did that intentionally, that gets into murky waters. I agree, but with in-car cameras and all that, you can't tell that he just let go of the wheel and went straight into Ross. But, I mean, first of all, they both need to grow up. Get over it. You're ruining everybody else's race by taking each other out at every possible opportunity. We don't need more crashes in NASCAR just because two people don't like each other. If you want to settle a fight, go beat each other up in the parking lot after the race, as far as I'm concerned. But I, I think NASCAR needed to penalize him. But I don't think they should have waited until his podcast to do so. I think it was fairly clear that he just took him out intentionally as it happened but i also think that i understand your point with the podcast and not wanting drivers to have to censor themselves but at the same time if you're gonna take somebody out and then two days later go on a podcast and say i took him out what's nascar supposed to do they're supposed to just let him have his his free space on the podcast and just let it be at that point because if you can't tell in the moment that he did it on purpose 100 percent without a doubt and he doesn't come out and say it in a post-race interview on pit road or he doesn't tweet it immediately after the race or whatever then you've lost your moment in my opinion after that if it if it gets to be monday morning and there's been no nothing definitive to say that he did it on purpose You've lost your moment to penalize him. Yeah, I, I see your point. I just, I don't think NASCAR could sit there and have him say, I took him out, and not at least give him a penalty for it. I think it'll probably be overturned, and I think that's the correct decision because of NASCAR's late call on it. But here's ideally what I would say here is, NASCAR needed to give him a penalty because he blatantly said he took him out. 
But at the same time, I think it needs to be overturned because they took so long to give him a penalty for it. I think if you, even if you just like said it was under investigation or some BS like that, as soon as the race is over and then he came out and said he took him out, then yeah, that's a penalty, definitely. But yeah, I think they waited too long, lost their moment. But at the same time, they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and they have to do something or else it's going to turn into the Wild West. So why does it necessarily have to be a penalty, though? Why can't they just go to him not publicly and say, hey, this isn't cool. Grow up. Stop wrecking Ross. Or next time it will be a penalty, whether you admit you did it intentionally or not. Didn't they do that at Gateway last year? Not that I remember, but maybe they I did. I thought they came over the radio and told both of them to chill out because they were trying to take each other out every corner. Maybe. That was the very beginning of all this, wasn't it? That was yeah. right where at, this all I, started. I feel like at the same time, if you've already issued that warning, why put up with the bullshit anymore? Give them the penalty. Yeah. And it's a it's a fifty thousand dollar penalty. What's he gonna do with fifty grand? Honestly, yeah. if I was him, I'd get the penalty overturned and then just donate the fifty grand to charity or something. Yeah. Give it to, like, Ross Chastain's charity or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> well, apparently they did call a truce after this, because that's another thing he said on the podcast was that he and Ross talked on pit road afterward, and Ross basically said, yeah, I deserved that one, didn't I? And they yeah, called a Ross truce. Ross deserves that and about 18 <laughs> other ones just like yeah. it. I, yeah. But so does Denny, so I don't. I, I think NASCAR tries to do the self-policing thing, but then every once in a while just throws in a penalty somewhere to where it doesn't really belong. And it's mm -hmm. like, you can't have both. Either you can control it or not. And they, you got to find a happy medium somewhere. And I don't, I don't think they're even close to finding it yet, but you know, at the rate they're going, I'm not sure they will find a happy medium. They've never been good about no. being, consistent on enforcing any rules whether it be penalty rules or anything they have yeah. never been good about being consistent with with anything so i don't yeah. see that ever happening no me neither it, it's just it's a really dumb situation and to me it all starts with denny hamlin just growing up you can't be yeah. you can't have been in nascar for this long and have this good of a career and then just hook a right on somebody who hasn't done anything to you all race just just because you don't like him. You see a number one car go by and you're like, oh, I got to take it out. Like that, <laughs> that, that's so, th this is the type of stuff that you see in amateur go-kart videos that are, you pop up on YouTube and you're like, ban this guy from the track forever. <laughs> but it's Denny Hamlin, so everybody's like, yeah, take him out. I, I, it's stupid. I don't get see, it. The, the other side to that coin is though, well, let's, let's take what Ross did at the Clash, for example, when he took Denny out of the Clash. If Ross does something like that, and they let's say they were even before that. Let's say they had called their truce, and they the rivalry was over before that. And then Ross comes out and does this again at the Clash. If Denny does nothing about that, is he viewed as a pushover? Can, can Ross just walk all over him after that? Because Denny never, Denny never got him back and just just let it happen yeah i mean i see your point i guess 
what I would like to see is if you're going to pay somebody back, do it in the same race. Or if you if your car well, if your race. car gets taken out, then go deck him in the nose after the race <laughs> or something. I mean, I I I hate this thing where the clash was what two months ago, two and a half months ago. Why are we still mad about that? We've had like drivers, six drivers points races since then. Drivers have long memories. I understand they, that. They yeah. remember who took them out five I, years I, ago. I understand being upset about that, but holy hell. That was that long ago, and we're just now taking him out? Yeah. Go punch him in the face after the race. The other problem with saying that if you're going to get him back, it has to be in the same race, what worries me about that is then you get a Zane Smith-Michael Self 2018 Salem situation, which I know you have no idea what I'm talking about with that because that was an ARCA race. Um, so quick backstory on that. Where they just, like, fix their car, come flying out of the pits and take them out kind of deal? Basically, yes. Um, that is exactly what happened. So, um, how did that go? So, Matt My, Kenseth and Joey Legato. Essentially, yes. That That is essentially exactly what happened. So, one had, had kind of, like, just moved the other right before, at one point before that. Then it comes back around. The other one... Michael Self dumped Zane Smith for the second time around. So Zane moved Michael Self at one point. Oh, I remember seeing this. Yeah. A few laps later, Self, I don't think he did it intentionally, but basically dumps Zane on a restart, destroys Zane's car. Zane goes down into the infield. They fix his car up just enough for him to go back out there. He rides around at the bottom of the track for about three laps, very much under speed, until Michael Self catches up to him, hooks a right, puts them both in the wall, and that was his only reason for being out there was to go out there and get his revenge on Michael Self. So that yeah. that's kind of the problem I have with saying if, if you're going to get payback, it has to be in the same race because then you're going to start getting situations like that, whereas Denny, I think, was at least smart about it where if he's going to get payback on Ross, he waited for an opportunity to where... It was easy to do, and he wasn't going to affect anyone else's race besides him and Ross when he did that at Phoenix. Yeah, I don't know. Of course, I I think the Joey Logano-Matt Kenseth thing a couple years ago was a load of BS, too, because Matt Kenseth said all week he was going to take him out as a first opportunity, and then did, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. Like, <laughs> right? He's been saying it all week. It's kind of obvious, but yeah, I don't know. There's just this big thing about NASCAR drivers taking each other out as payback, and I, I think honestly the playoff format promotes this because who the hell cares if you're running 18th and 19th? Take them out. <laughs> you can win your... next week, and you're still in the playoffs, right? And yeah, I, I think it promotes this kind of behavior, and I don't think that's a good thing. Um, sure, it gives you more drama, which is, I guess, what NASCAR wants, but it just makes them look like kids, and it's honestly kind of pathetic to watch, because if you told me that somebody, I don't know, knocked something over, and then two and a half months later, the other person knocked something of theirs over, what the hell? 
<laughs> quit it. <Yeah. laughs> Especially when so many other people, I, I understand that Denny's like, well, I didn't take anybody else out. Okay. What if you hooked the right into Ross and he went left across the track in front of everybody? Then what? Well, I agree with that point, but at the same time, Denny was smart enough to do it to where he doored Ross and not to where he left reared him. Right, so, I understand that, but I'd like to get to the point where we don't even have Denny hitting him at all. No, I no, I understand that. I'm just saying that Denny 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 did it whether you agree with it or not. So yeah. Denny was smart in doing it in in the case of he went into Ross's door and not into his left rear. Like he thought about this. He knew exactly how he was going to hit Ross to where it wouldn't affect anyone else. Which arguably makes it worse in my opinion. Because <laughs> now you got a guy thinking about how he's going to take people out and it, instead of just I mean, racing the, I, the race. It's not like, I, I don't think he thought about this weeks in advance about how he would exactly do it. It's just in the moment, he saw the opportunity, he knew in that moment how he could do it and only affect him and Ross and executed that. Yeah. I, I just... The the playoff format just insinuates this, and it, it's like in a full-season points scenario, you wouldn't have a guy having a bad race see another guy go by him and just decide to turn right and take them both out. Right. Because you need the points, and... I, mm -hmm. It, it's just more and more issues that NASCAR has created by themselves in the past couple of years, and I don't think there's a really a way to fix it because now you can't penalize Denny unless you want your drivers to just be absolutely silent outside of driving the car. It's a sticky situation. I don't know how to fix it. So the thing whatever. is, though, yes, they penalized him, but as we said, it's not a big penalty. They're basically just making a statement with it because. Yeah. They're saying Behind, don't do it. Well, no, 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 no. Behind closed doors, what they're actually saying is they like this. They want the drama. That's why we have this playoff format is they want drama. They right. want things like this to happen. As long as they don't get hurt, they want things like this to happen. They won't openly admit it. They won't right. come out and say, yes, this is what we want. We want drivers just taking each other out every week. They want the drama, though. Yeah, whether they whether they admit that. it publicly or not that's this is exactly what they want now for the optics they have to penalize him when he admits it but can you imagine if something like this is happening in F1 right now there'd be heads rolling well to an extent there is something like this happening with the Alonzo thing it's not exactly the same thing but it's it's it's, it's kind of the same drama uh, yeah but you don't have people taking other cars out just because they're mad about something that happened two months ago. I mean, I they never admitted it publicly, but I think Max and Lewis might have had a couple run-ins like that a couple years ago. When, when yeah, Mercedes but, uh, was actually at least close with them, to Red Bull. If they get together, it's both of them just out and mm -hmm. you're not going to take the whole field with you. Well, that's you. what this was, too, though. He didn't take anybody else with him. It was just Denny and Ross. It so takes this is the same one thing. wrong hit. One wrong hit, and it the wasn't whole field's a wrong gone. Hit, though. It wasn't a wrong hit, because yeah, he I, thought I about just, it. I just hate to see it. 
<laughs> I don't I, like it. You know what? I don't. I don't I like either of them. Yeah, I, I think Ross is kind of an idiot, and I think <laughs> Danny's Danny is about the best way I could put that. Yeah. So I, I, I don't like either of them. So if they take each other out, then it's a win-win for me. But <laughs> I do remember it was funny at Gateway when. Denny and Ross started going at it, and then Ross hit Chase Elliott, and Chase Elliott was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now, and started beating on both of them. Yep. That was funny. but Yeah. I, I think it was embarrassing, but it was funny. And that's the thing, is a lot of these drama moments that NASCAR secretly wants are more embarrassing for the sport than I think what they realize. Yeah, I mean, if you're an international racing league like i don't f1 imsa whatever you see these guys just taking each other out on a weekly basis because somebody did something a while back that they didn't like and you're like what <laughs> like what kind of system promotes this and I, I then it just makes the whole thing look like a joke and i don't i think long term this is bad for nascar Short term, yeah, you're going to get a whole lot of headlines, a whole lot of attention on it, but long term, it's not going to be sustainable, I don't think. No. This is why NASCAR is not looked at very seriously outside of America. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, there's NASCAR fans outside of America, but for the most part, it's not looked at super favorably for the most part. Like, F1 kind of every once in a while makes, like, jokes about NASCAR – IndyCar even sometimes does, um, <laughs> makes jokes about not having to use the gimmicks that NASCAR does. But th- these are the kind of things why NASCAR isn't taken seriously in other parts of the world and aren't looked at as a real form of racing anymore because they're more about the entertainment now than they are about the racing product, which if you put a good racing product on the track, that's all the entertainment you need. Yeah. But NASCAR seems to have forgotten that. Yeah. I don't know how we got to this point, but it <laughs> took a lot of thinking. <laughs> it did. Um, but before we wrap up tonight, um want to give... probably do race results. Well, we've, we've, we've covered enough results in talking that we don't necessarily need to do official results. We're already over an hour in. Um, <laughs> but... Want to give a shout-out to Mr. Tyler over here for being the first one of the two of us to actually get a correct prediction this year. Congratulations. And you immediately followed it up with one of your I own. D- I did, yes. I was correct with the Xfinity race. But, yes, want to, want to congratulate uh, Christian Eckes for winning the truck race. Big win for him. Good to see him get that win in that McAnally Hilgeman truck. Um, as I said on the Rewind show, I don't think this will be his last win this season. He has shown no. way too much speed in that truck this season. He's going to go on that a multi-win looked, season. That truck's looked good all year. Oh, yeah. Much better than it's looked in the past two years. I don't know whether mm-hmm. that's an indictment on what that 19 truck was before this season or whether it's an indictment on Derek Krause's driving abilities. I don't want to say it's an indictment on Derek Krause, but... Um, I really, I genuinely don't know. I don't know if the truck has gotten that much better this year or if it's basically the same truck it has been. I really don't know. But either way, great to see Christian running up front. He's going to win more races this year. I think he's going to be a legit championship contender this year, and it's going to be fun to watch um, him go down the stretch like that. Xfinity, Austin Hill 
is going to run away with the season. Austin Hill is basically Max Verstappen in the Xfinity series this season. Um, so from here on out, I think I'm just going to pick Austin Hill for every Xfinity race. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> no, probably not. You can only do um, him every other week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to him as well. And then, uh, of course, Joey Logano winning the cup race. So, Let's get uh, predictions done here, and uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. We're at uh, Circuit of the Americas this week for the Cup Xfinity and Truck Series. So ARCA East kicks off their season on Saturday, Five Flags Speedway, Pensacola, 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on Flow Racing. You can stream it there, or it'll be taped late on USA Network about a week later. I don't know when exactly, but uh, it should be Ooh, about ouch. a week later on USA. That's a bad deal. Hmm? That's a bad deal. What's well, a bad Watch deal? Watch TV a week later. Yikes. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the ratings for those are not super high. Would no, be my guess, especially on Flow, because Flow is just yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched their racing side of it, but the rest of Flow is a little bit not awesome at times. Well, I mean the the East and the West broadcasts aren't terrible. Charlie Crawl, the PR guy for ARCA, does the play by play for those on Flow, and he actually does a pretty good job. Um, I do enjoy uh, listening to him do those races, but um, for yeah, low, they're, low they're not terrible what, broadcasts. One hundred and fifty bucks you can watch Arca yeah, East think, and West. I think it's I think it's one hundred and fifty eight bucks a year is the price. On top of your cable, you spend another one hundred and fifty bucks to. To be fair, there's a lot more than Arca East and West on there. There's a lot of dirt on racing, there, World Outlaws, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if World of Outlaws specifically, but there's a lot of dirt racing. There's a lot of grassroots um, stock car racing, like late models, and uh, the modified tour is all on there. There's actually a lot of racing on there. Um, I didn't utilize it as much as I should have last year, so I'm going to try to watch more racing on there and get like a little more bang for my buck this year. But, yeah, there's a lot of racing on there um, that you can pretty much tune in just about any time and find some sort of racing live on there. But... Um, and then Circuit of the Americas, Cup Xfinity Truck this weekend. Uh, another Saturday doubleheader. Trucks are at 1.30 p.m. on Saturday, followed by Xfinity at 5 p.m. Tyler, who you got for the truck Ooh, race? 5 p.m. for Circuit of the Americas? 5 p.m. Eastern, so that's like 4 p.m. Central. So Do they have yeah. lights? That no, track? but they'll be done before dark. That'll be a two-hour race, Tops. We're in daylight savings time, remember? It's light until like 7.30 now, Eastern. Yeah, it'll be kind of close if yeah. they start making it a wreck fest. Yeah, yeah, true. Because that's well, kind of what happened in Atlanta course, this week. It's road course, though, so they will have local yellows. There may not be as many full course yellows. And it is the Xfinity series. True. All it um, takes is a guy to park his car on the start-finish line. And <laughs> then what are you going to do? <laughs> well, he probably won't be in the race yeah. this week, so we may not have to worry about that. Hey, somebody uh, else might get an idea. <laughs> yeah, true. All right, so, uh, Tyler, who you got for the truck race this weekend? Truck race, I'm going to back myself up from last week. Christian Nekis, I think he's going to take a little bit of that momentum he got this week and take it ahead, get another one, two in a row. Doubling down, um... I don't think he's been particularly good at road courses in the past, so that may not this be. This will great be the start. Week. It could be. Um, we have faith. Um, we got our one win of the season, so now it's just now I don't care anymore. <laughs> right. Um, 
I'm having a hard time picking for this one because I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I feel like has actually been pretty good at road courses in the past. I don't want to pick Zane Smith again. I don't want to be Tyler and pick the same guy two weeks in a row. Um, Zane Smith is the best option I can think of. I think he won this race last year, but I'm not going to go with Zane. Uh, instead, I am going to go with Ben Rhodes. That's somebody I haven't thought about picking yet this season. We're going to go with Ben Rhodes this week to win the truck race. No reason for that outside of it's Ben Rhodes. That's my reasoning. It's Works Ben for Rhodes. Me. All right, Xfinity, who you got, Tyler? I'm going to go with AJ Allmendinger. I think, obviously, he's really good at road courses, stepping down the Xfinity Series for the first time this season. I think... He's going to vent out some of his Cup Series frustration this year on the rest of the Xfinity field and wipe the floor with them. Okay, that's actually a very solid pick, and uh, I'm disappointed that you got that pick because that's probably going to be the correct pick. But I have faith in my pick, and I am going to go with the guy you were going to pick for trucks until you realized he wasn't in the truck race. I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek uh, to win the... <laughs> the Xfinity race. Uh, I think he picks up win number two for the season. And I wouldn't uh, be mad if he won. That's a cool-looking car this year. It is. I really do like that scheme. That is a that is a neat one. I would like a race-win diecast of that. that but, me too. So, uh, going A.J. Allmendinger and John Hunter Nemechek for Xfinity. Uh, Tyler, who you got for the cup race? Cup race, I'm going to take Ross Chastain. I think he won this race last year, didn't they? He did. Yeah, but he's usually looking pretty good on the road courses in this new next-gen car. I think he'll bring back the same form he did last year and go back-to-back -back years at Circuit Americas. Okay, fair enough. I, though, am going to go with the guy that he punted out of the way in the last corner last year to win this race, um, and I'm going to double down on your Xfinity pick, and I'm going to take A.J. Allmendinger to win the cup race because... It's A.J. Allmendinger. He might be the best road course ringer in NASCAR right now. So, Okay, I'm, I'm glad very... you clarified that a little bit because Mark <laughs> Sambros is about to throw hands with you. Well, fair enough, but he's back in Australia. So, is he um, really? He doesn't, I haven't heard from him in a while. I'm pretty sure he is. Pretty sure he went back and started doing Australian uh, V8, V8 supercars or something. Those yeah. are so cool. Yeah, pretty sure he went back to doing that. But, um, yeah. I think uh, Almondinger gets his first cup win at Coda this weekend, which I feel like is going to be a big win for him, and we're going to see a big celebration because it's A.J. Almondinger, and it's always a big celebration, even if he finishes last. Well, hey, tell you what, Connor Daly's going to be at that race, too. You think if Dinger wins and has a big old party, if Connor Daly's going to have a good podcast about it? He probably will. It wouldn't surprise me. I bet um, you Connor Daly's on the short list of people that's invited to that party. <laughs> he probably is. That would not surprise me. I doubt it's a short list. I bet there's a lot of people that would be invited to that. But oh yeah, yes, I'm sure it, he's the, on like that the list. Short list, you know, not a short list, just the quick list so of people. He's on the he's on the list invite. of short people. No, just like the automatic <laughs> invite. He is pretty short, isn't he? I I don't know. I'm only five foot seven, so I can't call people short. Well, that's true. Yeah, you. Who you else are, is you're who else short. is at the race for? Cup on, this we're weekend. Gonna, we're gonna find this out. Connor Daly height. Oh gosh. <laughs> now we're gonna be on the Speed Street podcast. He's taller than you. Look at. I bet he is. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. He's five nine. 
I, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know what? You're the actually the perfect height to be a race car driver. Yeah, too bad. That the shorter happen. and the smaller the better. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That didn't even come close to happening. That's why I'm sitting here with you instead of driving right? home from what Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm very disappointed. My parents never got me a go kart growing up. Um, yeah, I'm so it, sad that my parents weren't multimillionaires and weren't able. You wouldn't to even need to be a multimillionaire <laughs> back then, though. Just get a go kart and go out and hustle and get sponsors, and that's basically all you got to do. I mean, yeah. I'm making I'm making it sound a lot easier than it actually is, but that's essentially the gist of it. As yeah. long as you are good in the go kart and you can go find sponsors, that's most of the work. I and know. I say like most five-year-old me needed glasses so bad I probably would have crashed into every stop sign in town. So, yeah, yeah fair enough. I, I'd believe that with with how you do at work. Hey, <laughs> all right, go sit back note, down at your desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I think we're gonna wrap it up for this week. So thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, enjoy the action this week from Circuit of the Americas and Five Flags Speedway. And we will see you next week, same time, same place. Audio version should be out uh, at latest Tuesday this week. I'm going to try to get it out on Monday, but um, Tuesday at the latest, and then Wednesday as usual, 6 p.m. Eastern on RNN for the video version. So at that, I'm Garth, that's Tyler, and this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.